0: Hey, folks. This is Jesse Cope. Back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in. Sure to appreciate you joining me, giving me some of your time. I hope that you are able to enjoy. Uh, these last few days before Christmas, last day or two. And I should have been saying that all throughout Christmas and uh, making that part of our little prayer, and I'm sorry that I didn't. But we we can make that improvement next year, hopefully. Y'all remind me. (laughs) See what next year looks like. Not a lot on the homestead. Still uh, the spinach and the kale. Got some Brussels sprouts doing pretty good. Some bok choy in the garden. All of those things that managed to survive the deer and the bunny rabbits and the possums and raccoons and the puppy dog. Uh, They're doing pretty good. So that's that's nice. To be able to walk out there and grab some of that. And I see a the kitten, <laughs> through the window, is stalking one of the young hens, uh, but I think she's got more than she bargained for. Oh, yeah, here comes the rooster, and the rooster's not impressed with the kitten. It's quite entertaining. I uh, I can't tell you, if you don't have animals, they bring a lot of joy to your life. Uh, not near as much as children, not even in the same ballpark I can't even begin to tell you how much joy children bring into your life uh, it's it's hard to even describe but uh but, but animals are quite entertaining oh Lord Father, thank you for you and your son Jesus Christ and your holy Spirit thank you for your love and your mercy your grace thank you for animals that entertain us and make us laugh. Thank you for children that give us just the tiniest glimpse of your love for us and uh, and the relationship, Father, that we have with you. Be with our nation, Father. Be with us now. Be with us in any days to come be with us as we start to grapple with these dark days that seem to be ever more rapidly approaching. Help us to remember during this season and throughout the year where we can turn for peace to As one of our presidents said, the immortal prince of peace and help us to turn to him, Lord, and lean on him and you and not our own understanding. Be with our leaders, guide them to you, Lord, and guide my words here, Father, please. In your son's name we pray. Amen. All right. So I didn't want to rush through this yesterday. I feel like we were talking about multiple different things that really needed each their own individual podcast. And we'll come back and talk about the priorities at some point, but we're going to go through this and talk about this FDR Christmas address from 1944 again a little bit. The second paragraph, here at home we celebrate this Christmas day in our traditional American way because of its deep spiritual meaning to us, because the teachings of Christ are fundamental to our lives, and because we want our youngest generation to grow up knowing the significance of this tradition and the story of the coming of the immortal Prince of Peace and Goodwill. Christ is fundamental to our lives as individuals, He's also fundamental to our life as a nation. I got somebody recently online uh, that threw the Constitution argument out again. You know, there's no God in the Constitution. And A, he's there implicitly at so many different points. And when you go back and read about the creation of, for example, our Bill of Rights, they come straight out of the Bible, folks. And our founders were open about that. And the other thing is, it just, again, shows just a gross ignorance of history. Because in our state constitutions, God was explicitly in there. In fact, you, you couldn't even hold office in a number of states unless you acknowledged God and his son, Jesus Christ. And so this idea that, that, you know, again, and you hear it in this Christmas message from FDR, this idea that Christ isn't fundamental to our national life, it's just not true. You know, so uh, our education system, again, you can put all the money you want in education. You can put all the teachers, you can make the day as long or as short as you want. You can do whatever you want to do. Books, textbooks, facilities. If you don't have God and Jesus Christ at the center of education in America, it is weakening the nation, not strengthening it. You know, and you you see this, I mean, you listen to FDR talk, this Christ is fundamental in our lives. And we want our youngest generation passing on this knowledge, right? To know the significance of Christmas as a tradition, but also how important, central, fundamental to our lives, the coming of Jesus Christ, the immortal Prince of Peace and Goodwill. The end of this paragraph. But in perhaps every home in the United States, sad and anxious thoughts will be continually with the millions of our loved ones who are suffering hardships and misery and who are risking their very lives to preserve for us and for all mankind the fruits of His teachings, Christ's teachings, and the foundations of civilization itself. Western civilization, folks, is not built. On uh, Buddha or Hinduism or atheism or Mother Natureism or Islam. None of those faiths, religions, ideologies, not a single one of them can be a foundation for liberty. It's impossible. Everywhere one of those faiths, religions, ideologies is dominant in the world, you see the loss of liberty. So when we choose to reject God and Jesus Christ, the teachings of Christ, I say this so often for so many years, folks. You don't have to be a Christian in order to be an American, but if we don't have a people that follow the teachings of Christ, if almost universally our citizens across the nation don't follow the teachings of Christ, then the foundation of our civilization crumbles. FDR right here. These men and women in World War II were risking their lives. Why? To preserve for us and all mankind the fruits of his teachings and the foundations of civilization itself. It's hard sometimes on this podcast. Sometimes it's, you know, early in the morning or late at night or something, and uh, it's easy to be kind of low-key. As the kids have said over the past few years, uh, to be calm. Sometimes it's really hard not to get riled up on the podcast, and this is one of those times, folks. It is so apparent and so blatant when you read history and go through it that our nation was founded. You have to be so cynical and or so ignorant or so malevolent to believe that our country was not founded on the teachings of Christ and that civilization itself, Western civilization, doesn't rest on his teachings. Just look around the world. Look at China. Look at Iran. Look at Hamas. Look at these places that have the opposite of Christ and what is going on in those places today It's not pretty FDR goes on to talk about the the bitterness of the fighting the bombers and how yet christmas you know is still in the hearts Of those back home. Talks about how anxious everyone was to get them home as early as possible. One of the le- later paragraphs, and above all, they know the determination of all right thinking people and nations that Christmases, such as those that we have known in these years of world tragedy, shall not come again to beset the souls of the children of God. You're never going to agree with everything. I, I used to say this quite often on the podcast. Maybe I need to. You're not going to agree with everything I say here. And that's fine. I, most of y'all realize that's an impossibility with anybody, uh, especially those of y'all that are, that are married and, and the person that's closest to you, you know, how often do we argue or not see eye to eye with our spouse? And that's the person that we're supposed to cleave to and become one flesh with uh, that we're supposed to become one with. But uh, this is one line with FDR's speech that I just... I mean, it's been proven not true in the years after World War II. It didn't even take that long. It just took less than a decade to get into Korea. But the idea, folks, that we're not going to have tragedy, that we're not going to have dark years, that suddenly we're going to win some battle or war that's going to stop any future wars from ever happening is it, it's just nonsense it's foolish um, we're never going to prevent all tragedy you know it's 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 like how some of us parent today hey even if you put a kid in a bubble constantly that's you can't protect them from everything and we try to and B, what kind of kid do they they grow up to be, you know? And so I know that analogy isn't perfect for what we're talking about, but you're never not going to have evil men in this world. Evil men and women. Ever since the fall in the garden, the devil whispering in the ear, Folks, we all like to think that we wouldn't have made that choice. I wouldn't have eaten the apple. I wouldn't have taken the apple from my wife. Yeah, you would have. Yeah, you would have. And if it wasn't that, folks, you would have done something else a little bit down the road. But as soon as that came came into the world, that evil, that free will, you know, a lot of people don't understand Why do good things happen to bad people? God can't want that. Why does he allow that? Because what's the alternative, folks? Think about those of y'all that have kids, your own relationship with your kid. Would it be nice if your kid made the right decision every single time? Yeah, it would be great. How could you ensure that? Realistically, how could you ensure that? And some of y'all, like me sometimes, that are, you know, well, I'll just knock some sense into them, okay. Or, I'll just put them on lockdown, okay. Well, now translate that to God. So, he's really going, he could, 100%. He created the universe. But in order to completely wipe out evil in this world, we would have to be machines. There would be no love. There would be no feelings because we would be told exactly what to do and forced to do that, to do the right thing. So anyway, I I just, I took issue with this line when FDR said it. Obviously wars came after this and they're going to come again, folks, and what you... You don't try and hide from them, you try and prepare for them. Just like the one that we have coming. You know, this again is a great thing. This ought to be read in schools every year. Uh, You talk about the history here, this one paragraph, uh, fascism, Hitlerism in Europe, the imperialism and militarism in Japan. the dark days of the fall of France, the ruthless bombing of England, and the desperate battle of the Atlantic, Pearl Harbor, Corregidor, and Singapore. You know, talk to kids. If you've got some around you that are school-aged, and uh, ask them about Pearl Harbor. See how many of them know what Pearl Harbor was, who attacked who, when it happened, what happened. I guarantee you, if you're if you're not a teacher and you don't already know this or you don't interact with kids on a regular basis and have a reason to know this, you're going to be shocked at how little they know of that. You know, he talks about prayers in this little speech quite a bit. Since then, the prayers of good men and women and children of the world have been answered. The tide of battle has turned slowly but inexorably against those who sought to destroy civilization. And then later, and we pray that that day may come soon. We pray that until then, God will protect our gallant men and women in the uniforms of the United Nations. I think he talks about prayer one more time. Yeah, at the very end. We pray that with victory will come a new day of peace on Earth in which all nations of the Earth will join together for all time. And of course, again, that that's, you know, two of our allies, China and uh, R- Russia, are have become over the last century or the last 80 years since then, uh, our worst enemies as a nation because of the ideology, the evil ideology they chose to follow. But... The prayer, folks, if you ever think that you can't do anything in any situation, you can pray. You can pray. And when you think about it, <laughs> you're talking to the God of the universe that made everything. Are there actions that we can take and that we need to take? Yes, absolutely. i big proponent of being prepared and using the gifts and the talents and the skills and the brain that God gave us. But at some point, is there really anything more better that you could do besides talking to God? I'm probably not doing a great job explaining that because it sounds like I'm saying two different things. We need to get ready. Right in this war that FDR was talking about, this message, we needed, we had to fight. We couldn't just sit there and pray and do nothing. But, but prayer is a multiplier. It makes our efforts unbelievably more, inestimably more effective, powerful. And it guides us if we're willing to sit there and listen to what the Holy Spirit says in return. I'm sure there's some more here, folks, but we're out of time. I guess I'll end with this, that he will receive into his infinite grace those who make their supreme sacrifice in the cause of righteousness, in the cause of love of him and his teachings. That's probably the best place. At the end of the day, folks, what was FDR saying? He was saying that the sacrifice, the lives of so many, the misery, the bitterness, were all being done to help preserve the teachings of Christ for future generations. God bless y'all and your families and your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.